Hi, hello, hello, welcome to another marooned edition of the Media Boat Podcast. So alone. I am so alone. Drifting out at sea by ourselves. If you're new to the Media Boat Podcast, welcome. Today is April the 8th. Yes. Yes. I know days seem to blend together and dates have no meaning anymore, but it is April the 8th. True. It's April, Wednesday, April the 8th, 2020. Uh, if you're new to the Media Boat Podcast, we are a podcast all about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. All of those things still happening, believe it or not, um, in the world of um, lockdown. Um, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. And joining us again this week, uh, we have special guest Christy. Hi, Christy. Hi. And uh, yeah, we're going to... Take you on a journey. Yes, the uh, chat right. may or may not come to life during this podcast. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, like we're going to take you on a wonderful journey that will hopefully distract you from the absolute crap fest that has been today. So. Oh, you, you, oh yes, it has been. Um, oh, boy. I mean, I'm just glad that we keep doing these because I know when Wednesday happens. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, earlier today I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have the energy for this podcast tonight. <laughs> I figured that might happen. Oh boy. But we'll get to that off podcast. Right now, we have actual podcast stuff to do. Yeah, let's get rolling right into it. We always start the Media Boat podcast talking about movies. And uh, we usually start the movie section with Weekend Box Office. But as you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, there is no box office right now, so we'll be skipping that part of the show. But we do have a release coming up. Of sorts, yes. Um, uh, Trolls World Tour is, I guess, being released digitally. It says if, in theaters and at a home release. But honestly, I don't know what theater is out yeah. there that is having this. There are no theaters, so the theater is either of your mind or at home. Yeah, so Troll, the Roll Tour, uh, available via digital purchasing right now. Yeah. Friday. Friday, so I will not be watching that, but um, maybe I'll uh, get feedback from my sister when I uh, call her on Easter, see how she thought of it. (laughs) So I have listened to the Trolls World Tour soundtrack. Why would you do that to yourself? Because I was mowing the lawn. <laughs> I mean, mowing the lawn is kind of like cutting off several trolls' hair. Like, Which is why I was listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that um, I liked the soundtrack. Well, that's music. You Let's wait for your thoughts about the Trolls World Tour soundtrack. I mean, do we have to? Because that's basically it. <laughs> that's all you I, I like the covers but you know it, it wasn't like part, that is basically part of like half the movie right there well it's the first one was mostly covers too I haven't seen it but that's my understanding mm, a little bit because my sister has the soundtrack for the first one and we were listening because Riley was way into it uh, it's the first movie that she actually sat through hmm. sorry I should say for the listeners of the podcast um yeah. Riley's a dog. My niece is four. Oh. 
And yeah, um, she, I guess the first movie she was able to sit through in its entirety was the first Trolls. So there you go. It's very colorful. Yeah. Well, they definitely lean into that musical aspect, I would assume. Yeah. Because that was one of the uh, better parts of that film. Yeah. So that's why I see why they went with the world tour aspect and went through all genres. So there's a little something for everybody. They ran, yeah, they ran with the music theme, which was smart. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait, so what's on the soundtrack? uh, They steered directly into their strengths there. What is on the soundtrack? Um, what is on the soundtrack? I uh, don't remember any of it. No, I started like halfway through, uh-huh. and then listened to it to the rest of it. So maybe like the rock albums versions of it. <laughs> so like Rachel Bloom's in it. Uh-huh. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. But Rachel Bloom's in it, and she does the she's the main villain. <laughs> okay. That kind of transitioned me to watching a lot of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend musical clips on YouTube. Uh I was like, yeah, this show was good. Damn, I wish I watched it. But we can't. It's on um, Netflix. And that just crossed music into TV, into movies all in one. Yeah, let's stay on focus here. Um, So you haven't seen Trolls. Let's keep the Trolls talk for another time. Okay. before we talk about things we've seen, though, we need to talk about movie news. And we got a couple of bits here. Our first story is a little update about South by Southwest. I called uh, it. I called it. Yeah, as you might know, one, if you've been listening to this um, podcast, or two, if you have eyes and ears, you'll know that South, South by Southwest, along with everything else, got canceled. Uh, there will be no in-person gatherings for a very, very long time here. At least another maybe month and a half, um, and so um, they've got done, gone and done what other um, similar festivals or conventions or other things have done, and gone digital. So what they're doing is they're collaborating with Amazon Prime Video to launch the Prime Video presents the South by Southwest 2020 Film Festival Collection. The event will offer filmmakers an invitation to opt in to take part in an online version of the film festival. One time event will be available in front of the Prime Video paywall, so free, uh, to all audiences around the country for 10 days. Filmmakers who choose to participate will receive a screening fee for streaming their film over the 10 day period, which is currently targeting the end of April. Mike, are you going to watch some of these? I probably will watch some of these. Now that it's easily accessible um you know i don't have to travel to austin and then pay admission fee there it's just oh thank you amazon for making this so much easier yeah it's the fact that it's in front of the paywall and not a part of like amazon's hey pay ten dollars additional dollars and then you can access all these films it's just readily there yeah they're, they're clearly making their money on the back end and they're shipping and Amazon Prime stuff. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it sucks it's Amazon, but the fact you don't have to pay them is kind of nice. Uh, yeah. But do note that it will be select films of any filmmaker that wants to participate in this. So right. not necessarily all films will be there. So if you were, for example, aware of something that was supposed to make its debut on South by Southwest stage, there's no guarantee that that person will 
put theirs up for this online version of the show. Correct. Yeah. But it does give filmmakers the chance to you know, put their stuff out in front of audiences who might yeah. not have been able to see it. So this is just film. Do you know whether the television branch of the festival is also going to be doing something digital? I don't know if the television or the shorts will also be doing anything. See, I read something about the shorts which uh, earlier this week. I believe they are doing that. Okay. So it was funny because, yeah, I, 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 when I saw that you had the story, I thought that that's what the story was. Is about the shorts. So yeah, I believe the shorts are also being digitally shown. Okay. Yeah, I just saw that it was mainly the films or anyone who wanted to be a part of it. Okay. Well, neat. Neat. Uh, nonetheless, uh, especially that it's free. That's a really nice uh, part yes. of it. Moving on. Uh, We've got a second story here about um, a company we'll be talking about one of their movies uh, shortly. Uh, but a couple of people from a very famous company are getting honored. Uh, those, would, of course, would be from Pixar, Ed Catmull and Pat Hanneran, which, if you're familiar with the history of Pixar, are uh, part of the original team um, uh, who created the programming language that they would use to create their animation uh, down the line. Ed Catmull, of course, is one of the most famous names in computer animation not just for his work at Pixar, but his work pre-Pixar as well. He's known for a lot of the very early, um, like, um, he yeah. had some pioneering designs that he Before made. Before he was at Pixar, he was a professor at Stanford, I believe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you uh, kind of go into the, the, the history of Pixar there, you'll see a lot of his earlier, earliest works were like the backbone of what became the art of computer animation. He like pioneered a lot of the technology. Anyway, so the two of them, um, of course, created a way to make computer recognized curved surfaces. And Hanneran worked out how to visualize how light reflects off different surfaces. Both of those, of course, created Pixar's RenderMan, which is the um, software that was the base of a lot of the animation that we're making early on. Um, this year, Catmull and Hanneran are the recipients of the Turing Award. Turing Award. Turing. Yes, which, Alan Turing. Uh, recognizes lasting and major contributions to the field of computing and is considered to be the Nobel Prize of Computer Science. The award is being given by the Association for Commu Computing Machinery and comes with a million-dollar cash prize split between two, uh, the, the two, two winners, not like Ed Catmull really needs more money, but <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, so uh, the official ceremony to present the award is scheduled for June. Who knows if that'll actually happen. Yeah, but this is the kind of story we need right now. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. good field story. Yeah, um, I recommend anybody who finds any of this interesting should um, uh, look into the history of the company. Pixar is a fascinating, fascinating company. I actually have a couple of books about their their origins, and there's a a really good uh, documentary out there too called The Pixar Touch. Uh, and yeah, they're a fascinating company. Uh, when you go back into like, they were one of the first companies doing it. Like they created a lot of the methods, um, and um, yeah, there's a reason why they're so good at what they do. Uh, the Pixar story is not available on Disney Plus yet. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. It, says, it says that it's a 
will be available November 18th in 2021. Okay. So you can add that to your watch list. <laughs> I've seen it though. <laughs> um, but uh, we have another, uh, uh, we get to talk about a new Pixar story as I know that a couple of us have seen uh, Onward now. Yes, Onward came out on Disney Plus uh, on Friday. Yeah. Much to the pleasantries of everybody. Yeah, it was good timing. Something new. Yeah. Good timing for something like this where we can all kind of watch it at once and react together. Oh, and- I want to say this is also kind of their test beta of, oh, like, what if we just launch it on our, on our own site? How yeah. does that fare? And so, all those uh, numbers aren't out yet. Positive reactions I've seen. Yeah. So what do you think about it? I, hmm... I'm somewhere between liked it and loved it, but okay. not overly enjoyed it like it did with, say, Coco or Inside Out. That yeah, that's pretty close to my feelings as well. It's not a knockout of the park, uh, all-time great Pixar movie. It's not Inside Out, not Coco. Um, for me, it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first act is not good. <laughs> I don't know if you got the same vibes I did where it was just like, all right, this is extremely by the numbers. And yeah. I was like kind of bored. But then by the time you get into act two and the ball starts rolling on the journey that they go on, then all of a sudden it's a different movie. And like for the rest of that, from then that point onward, eh, um, I really enjoyed it. Because the first like, minute of that film is hey this world has magic in it yeah and they immediately says no one uses it anymore and so for the first like 20 minutes you're like wait wait what what, why set this up if you're not going to immediately give me answers it's less so that and just more like in order to get the setup they need to be extremely scripty about it and like it just seemed a little rote Mm -hmm. like the path to get to the part where the stuff starts happening just seemed long and just not interesting. Uh, because at its base, like the concept, like it's kind of cool, but at the same time, the whole time I was thinking like, this is really close to Zootopia. Yeah, I didn't get that. Like a modern society with a twist kind of thing reminded me a lot of what that movie was doing. And yeah, I realized that City of Animals is a different thing than City of Magic Creatures, but there's similarities there and vibe that was just kind of throwing me off. I was like, I've kind of seen this before. But like I said, once they start introducing more characters, once uh, uh, they let, let's say, the whole family get involved in different ways, um, I started really enjoying it, and it really picked up. Uh, Chrissy, did you see this? I did not. (laughs) I know. Can I say something? Uh, yeah, the, the chat also saw Onward. Uh, the chat saw Onward the day it came out. It was awesome. Yeah. It was cute. I don't know. Do you want me to analyze anything else? Yeah, what else do you think of it? Was it <laughs> successful? Like, did a lot of people watch it? Uh, Disney will never release those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Secret numbers. Um, no, I liked it. It was cute. and Did you like it more than you thought you would? Yes, because I really didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, elves. Maybe elves? 
Are they elves? Yes, they're elves. Yeah, I think it's too magic. I think the reaction's interesting because it's too. <laughs> it's like but it was a cute story. Yeah, it had like a couple things going against it though. Like I think this is why a lot of people are like, me included, are coming at it. it was like, oh, I was surprised it was good. Is because one, it reviewed pretty badly. Like I don't know why. Like I need to go back to those reviews and see exactly what the nitpicks were because like I don't think it deserved to be trashed as much as it was. And two, the trailers did not do a service to this movie, which I think is a recurring theme with a lot of Pixar movies. Like, I think there's so much in the mechanism of their plots that you have to watch it to see the good stuff because the good stuff is spoilers. That well, there's very yeah. rarely good Pixar trailers. Well, I mean, that's, what, that's one thing that Pixar does well is that a lot of the good stuff is spoilery. Yeah. And so like, it's hard to craft a trailer on it. But it did get the premise across of they're going on a quest yeah. with magic. And that's, you know, bare bones. You can get at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, yeah, yeah, the trailer shouldn't really play up the whole dad aspect about it. Well, the tricky thing is, is that, yeah, like that emotional core is what surprised me here. Mm -hmm. But I can't go into any of that because it's super spoilery. So like as much as what I will say and what I can say, I guess, is that there, there's an emotional story here as well at work that you don't really get until the second half. But when it does hit, it, it hits surprisingly well. It's not, you know, quite to the depth of something like Inside Out or Coco was, but it's close-ish. It kind of reminds me of, the whole tone of this thing reminds me of Monsters, Inc. Okay, because I kind of got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 vibes. I see why you did because there's Chris Pratt, yes, freaking Chris Pratt, but <laughs> and Chris Pratt listening to a lot of music, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, so like I get your connection there, but other than that, I don't really think there's similarities between those movies. But yeah, there's similar themes. Yeah, a little bit, but not that. I again, I can't go into it because it's spoilery. But so what I will say is, if you have access to uh, Disney Plus, check it out. Um, I think which a lot of you people will probably do. do because it has 50 million subscribers and is currently the number one streaming uh, platform of 2020. That's pretty crazy. Like that goes to show you how much Netflix has kind of dropped the ball. I don't know. I think it just goes to show you how much people really love their Disney. That too. Although they did say something, I saw some sort of headline that was like Netflix announced that 34 million people have watched Tiger King since it <laughs> launched. Yeah. I was like, it's so stupid. Uh, once we all come out of this, Tiger King is going to be like the Halloween outfit everywhere. <laughs> so better watch it to get the reference. Everybody's gonna my uh, my best friend and her wife are already deciding their Tiger King Halloween outfit. <laughs> um, Which one is going to be Carol Baskins? Her, uh, their other couple friend. So she, my best friend is going to be a tiger. Her wife is going to be Joe Exotic. <laughs> and then <laughs> now, is it a sexy tiger? <laughs> um. Probably. Knowing her, yeah, she works out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then their couple are going to be Carol Baskin and her dead husband. <laughs> oh, people, 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 people. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, oh yeah. So yeah. Overall, like I mean, we don't have to really use the uh, the media boat because uh, you have to stream uh, it. Yeah, the, the, uh, the rating here because by default it stream it because you can't go see it. Um, but yeah, if I had seen it in a theater, I probably would have recommended it. I think it's a good time, and um, for those expecting it to be some sort of like amazing like award-winning thing like maybe temper your expectations a bit but it's a good time mm-hmm. i i like the adventure quality of it it yeah. does have a good story arc to it and it does get all the characters involved there's only there's like a, a total of like 12 characters yeah and there's a lot of there's a lot of really there's a lot of really great gags in it too mm-hmm. i wasn't expecting the the level of humor so yeah it's good times it's a good, good times. time all right. Did anybody see any other movies before we move on to television? Uh, no, but if you do want to see the Best Picture winner, Parasite. I heard it's on Hulu today. Yes. Yes, it is. It's currently on Hulu. I uh, saw a play. Oh, yeah. That's not really in the purvey of our media book podcast, but... It was a play that had been filmed, so it was a movie. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's how that that works. Anyways, it's only on for the rest of today. So if you're listening, go to YouTube and watch <laughs> uh, <laughs> One Man Two Governors. It's very funny. Tomorrow they're gonna start playing uh, Jane Eyer. Uh, Eyer or Ayer? Ayer. I don't know. Um, I'm not that, a, yeah. The 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 one you mentioned that has uh, James Corden in it, right? Yes. Your one-time dance partner, James Corden. My one-time dance partner, James Corden, <laughs> uh, who went he won the Tony Award for the, right. his performance in this show. So it's very funny if you're looking for something to laugh at. I always am. And Are we always. <laughs> in this time of need. And a wise person once told me that nobody doesn't like a funny. That's true. <laughs> that person was me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anything else? Any other movies before we move on? Nope. I don't think so. Okie dokie. Well, I got a notification saying that apparently we have eight minutes and 13 seconds remaining in this meeting. Uh oh. No, no, we're, we're changing that. Yeah, Mike, you should change that. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, let's move on to television, our second segment of the, of the night here. And uh, we begin television, as always, with our sports corner. Believe it or not, there are some sports slash sports adjacent things happening. So we do have news. Sports continues to happen, uh, believe it or not. Sort of. Um, our first story here is um, about uh, UFC, uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship itself. Uh, they're still going. Uh, UFC 249 will still be happening Saturday on April 18th. So if you like some uh, grappling, then there you go. They do is that a technical term? Yeah, they grapple. Grappling. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what type of style it is. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. UFC can all be all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just usually when I see UFC, it's usually the, they're just on the ground and they're just kind of writhing. So <laughs> your reaction is that that's not what you've seen before. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Hey, some people are into it, man. Um, elsewhere in sports, I don't think that this is going to happen, but uh, the league certainly does. Uh, Major League Baseball says that they want to start their baseball season mid-May in Arizona, but without fans. Yeah, they said that they want to use Chase Field and a lot of the other um, training facilities uh-huh. uh, that's, that's being used there and basically host uh, host games. This, I mean, no fans, but... It's an interesting concept, but doesn't a baseball team break the rules about having more than a certain number of people together? Yeah, but, you know, as long as everyone's been tested or and, mm-hmm. like, they only bring people a certain distance away. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those bases are far enough apart. <laughs> it's, um, uh, it's uh, 60 feet. Yeah. Or 90 feet. More than enough. Um, yeah, but there's somebody on the base. Like the person running to the base and the yeah. person that's on the base, they're, they're gonna touch each other. They're not six feet apart from each other. They're, are they gonna play with masks on? Um, no, they have helmets. It's not the same thing. Anyway, I don't know if this will happen, is what I'm trying to get across. Is this seems like a bad idea for now? But I well, suppose we'll find I mean, out. Yeah, but well, I mean, it's it's interesting. I don't it know what they'll work. do. I don't know if it'll work. But right now, that's what their tentative plan is because of the warmer weather. Uh-huh. Well, but hey, possible baseball. Maybe. We'll see. That's a good band name. Possible baseball. Mm-hmm. Confused with modern baseball. Yeah. Or American football. American. I always get those two confused. <laughs> They're both adjective sport, so yeah. But only one is a Kinsella band. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, another sports. If you're more of a golf person, the PGA has announced new dates for its major tournaments. Major tournament. Major uh, August sixth will be the PGA Championship. September 17th will be the U.S. Open of golf um, because there's too many U.S. Opens. Uh, September 25th will be the Ryder Cup. And November 12th... You did what to her cup? What? You did what to her cup? I wrote it. (laughs) The Ryder Strong Cup. Yeah, it's just Ryder Strong golfing. I'd watch that. Yeah, you need to watch Ryder Strong golf. Um, yeah, so golf, I don't know. It's still happening down the line. Get excited, I guess. I don't know what else to say. It's golf. 
You're awfully quiet during the sports section, Mike. Oh, just uh, trying to figure out this <laughs> account stuff. This is uh, probably not a good time, considering this is usually the part where you know a lot more than I do. I don't know more than you do. <laughs> About sports? Yeah. For the audio listeners, which is everyone, I guess, I'm still giving him the side eye right now. Yes, I can see your side eye. Don't give me the side eye. It's actually, now it's a side eye. Before it was kind of like a like a diagonal eye. Anyway, um, last but not least, if you have NFL Red Zone, if you made a huge mistake and paid for Red Zone this year, don't worry. There's something you can watch uh, that they are replaying every week, every day, I guess from last season? Yeah, it's the last season. Okay. Uh, you don't have that, so I was just like, I assume that's what this means uh, for the entire month of April. So if you uh, are missing football and want to relive the wonder that was last season, um, you can if you have paid for Red Zone. Mm-hmm. So cool, I guess. Didn't waste your money, although you kind of did because you're just watching reruns. No, I mean, this is reruns, but it's available to anyone who wants to view it. I just want, I, if, see, if I had it, I would just watch that last um, playoff game where the Patriots lose over and over and over and over again. Well, see, this is red zone, so within every, within 10 minutes, you're going to see a touchdown, like, guaranteed. Oh, uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, because it's everything, like, within the 20-yard line. Yeah, it's just scoring. I forgot. Yeah, it's, it's just scoring. scoring. Boring. Boring. That's the most exciting part. I, I know. Every that. touchdown from every game. That was the joke. That was the joke. Right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, if you didn't like any of those sports. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, thankfully, for those who like sports entertainment, there was a lot of entertainment to be had this week, um, as, or this weekend, um, as WrestleMania 36 happened, as we mentioned last week on the podcast. So I did not watch this. You did, Mike. Yes, uh, you could have watched this if you had signed have. up for WWE for its one-month free subscription. Honestly, I was doing months. stuff over the weekend. I went through my closet and it's an organization. You know. Left the house. No, I didn't leave the house. <laughs> That's for gosh darn sure. Um, but you watched WrestleMania. Here's a little recap for those of you who missed it. And these are, trust me, this is going to be a huge alphabet soup of words I never thought I'd say in... Um, All right, word vomit. All right, hosted by Rob Gronkowski, the two-day event wasn't postponed, but went on, went on without a crowd. The event saw Brock Lesnar dethroned as the WWE championship, champion by Drew McIntyre, won three success, I guess, by three successful Claymore kicks. What's a Claymore kick? It's like a Spartan kick, but, like, with more oomph. What's a Spartan kick? Like, from 300, where he kicks him into the hole. Oh, and says, this is Sparta? Yeah. Okay. Got That's it. a Spartan kick. The Claymore um, kick is just to the side. Okay. Someone no- named Bailey retained the SmackDown women's title. Just one name person, I guess. I guess a lot of wrestlers are just one name persons. Sometimes. But, yeah, Bailey. Bayleaf. Or either call her Bayleaf. Bayleaf, huh? Uh, retains the SmackDown Women's title in a five-way match. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, who are apparently known as Bliss Cross Applesauce. 
That, that is their tag team name. Won the Women's Tag Team Championship against the Kabuki Warriors, who I'm get, I bet are not problematic at all. Nope. Uh, the man, Becky... Wait, the man, Becky Lynch... Yes, uh, she refers to herself the, as the man. Okay. Um, retains the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, with no crowd and no boundary is the Edge and Ranty Orton. Randy, sorry. I don't know I said Ranty. Like, you ranted a lot. <laughs> um, also, this is not the Edge that's uh, the guitarist for you, too. I just want to make that clear. I, at, least, at least I don't think they're the same person. No, they're not the same person. Um, Have you ever seen them in the same room together? Though? No, I haven't. That's a good point. That is a good point. I'm okay. pretty sure one of them is more Scottish than the other. Or Irish. <laughs> I don't know Irish. if everybody in U2 is Irish. I think just Bono is. No, they're all Irish. Irish? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they met in, like, school or something. Aw, that's cute. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, The Edge and Randy Orton went on a tour of the WWE training facility and smacked each other into everything and anything they could. <laughs> Inclu- this is what's written here. Uh, including... <laughs> Including conference tables, truck beds, a weight room. Wait, the weight room itself or the weights in the weight room? All of it. Okay. And on top of an RV. Yes. It was a no-holds-barred, basically, (laughs) death match. Yeah. Where the The only way you could lose is by a 10 count. (laughs) Ah. The lack of crowd also allowed the WWE to get creative, I'm using quotes, with its fights. By penning John Cena versus the fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. Yes. Okay. Um, the Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. So what I will say real quick is I saw some I saw some recaps or like I saw some people on my Twitter talking about this Firefly Funhouse thing. Mm-hmm. And apparently John Cena had like an identity crisis and was like freaking out. Yes. Uh, so the first night ended with a boneyard match where the Undertaker uh, threw uh, AJ Styles into a graveyard, <laughs> a literal grave that he dug. It was a boneyard match. And yes, I said that. It was a boneyard match. And he threw him into a grave and proceeded to bury him with his hand sticking out. <laughs> One of those iconic WrestleMania moments. Also, this is something that could only happen without an actual crowd because all of this, both the graveyard or boneyard match and the funhouse were filmed prior. Uh So they could get away with a lot of stuff. Tell me more about this John Cena thing because it sounded fascinating. Yes. So um, the Firefly Funhouse (laughs) is a basically Pee-wee's Playhouse, but run okay. by The Fiend. And he brought John Cena into the Playhouse and then proceeded to give John Cena an identity crisis uh-huh. and went through the entire, John Cena's entire WrestleMania career, bringing yeah. out his different personas. <laughs> basically was like taunting him. And because this was all previously filmed, it can get away with doing a lot of avant-garde stuff is the best way to put it. <laughs> So I saw some people on my Twitter saying that they thought it was crazy that they were having a moment where like it was kind of commentary on 
the WWE's own decision making about John Cena and that they were kind of shocked that it was like how honest it was. I mean, like, it was. Here's all the like, time we screwed him over. Well, because it brought out his old personalities where he was like the master of rhyme <laughs> or, or something. Uh-huh. Or like he like you know like a Brooklyn shirt and chains and watches and did they play the all, song all thuggish? Did they play a song? Yes, they played a song. They did. They played the, the trumpets. But yeah, it's it's kind of like a weird mixture of WrestleMania history with John <laughs> Chris, Cena wrestle history right now. I don't think so. I'm guessing you're not familiar with the the that. John Cena meme that was going on for a while. It was like John John Cena had like this very specific music, I guess, that they would use to introduce him. And like the meme was is like you'd be watching something or something normal would be happening. And then out of nowhere it would start playing the John Cena music. It'd start playing trumpets and John Cena would just yeah, appear. John Cena would show up. It was a meme it was a meme format that was really popular like two or three years ago. Got it. The way you just sang it, though, it sounded like it was putting on the Ritz. <laughs> it's not putting on the Ritz. Oh, well, what Mike just did sounds like from The Price is Right. Okay. Not The Price is Right. It's John Cena's time. So yeah, you had a, a good time then watching this, I'm, I guess. With the lack of sports, yes, this was a fresh, uh, <laughs> yeah, fresh yeah. taste. It seemed zany. It seemed like the kind of escapist thing that people, a lot of people, needed this weekend. So it's the kind of escapist thing that Russell, that WrestleMania and the WWE typically provides. Yeah. Do you think this gets people into wrestling? Like this whole quarantine? If like one of the weird side effects is is that. All of a sudden, people are watching wrestling like in numbers that they haven't seen in years. Well, they gave WrestleMania, or they gave the WWE free for three months. Yeah, and basically gives access to everyone to every SmackDown, every Raw, yeah, every WrestleMania there is. So. But the question, I guess, is what I'm asking. Really, I guess, is do they stick around? Do the people who are watching right uh, now? That's hard to say because you know continue. It is weird to watch at least this WrestleMania without a crowd because you don't get that same hype. Yeah. But at the same time, it allowed them to show off their production value. Yeah, I guess that they had secretly this whole time. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, let's stop talking about uh, WrestleMania, though. We have one story to get through to finish off television. Um, this is, of course, your legal story of the week because we are the Media Boat Podcast. It's all sports-related. We have to, yeah, sports related, uh, but yeah, we have to get something that involves somebody being charged with some sort of... We get the courts involved at least uh, once a month. This week, it's none other than the former chief executive of Fox International Channels, uh, Hernan Lopez, and Carlos Martinez, the former president of Fox Latin America. They've both been charged by the U.S. Department of Justice with wire fraud and money laundering offenses. offenses. The indictment alleges that Lopez and Martinez, quote, relied on loyalty secured through the payment of bribes to advance the interest of Fox and obtain confidential bidding information 
that caused them to win the U.S. broadcast rights to the 2018-2022 World Cup. So that's your sports connection there. There were also accused of payment of annual bribes to secure broadcast rights to the Copa Liberadores, South America. I totally botched that pronunciation, by the way. Um, South America's biggest uh, soccer club competition. The two were also implicated in the original 2017 FIFA trial, which we talked about here on this podcast, by former marketing executive Alejandro Berzaco, watch that one too, and they could face up to 20 years in prison. Yes, they could. So, wow. Um, I've never heard of something like this where uh, the rights to a U.S. broadcast thing were basically caused by ill misdeeds. Well, you know, sporting events around the world, especially something like the World Cup or even the Olympics, are usually high bidding matches. But, you know, you have an inside track to how much people are bidding. <laughs> and if you know the numbers beforehand, you can just upbid them by, say, a million dollars instead of five million dollars or ten million dollars. Uh, for once, I want a story where we talk about soccer and it's not about corruption. <laughs> uh, well, it would be without FIFA. Like every single story we have about FIFA is just about how like there's something going on in the background. Well, yeah, that's what FIFA stands for. You're gonna follow that up, or is that just nope. What, you know, no? Nope. All right, nope. I'm gonna get. follow that up. All right, finally, I'm falling again. Football's International Felons Association. Ah, got it. Okay, thank you for that punchline. Let's move on <laughs> because that was not a fun story. Uh, let's talk about television thoughts. Uh, says here that you've been watching some television. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I've been watching... Well, <laughs> how do I put this? Okay, how do you? Project Runway. But not Project Runway. But not Project Runway. Uh, you watched this new... This new thing on Amazon from yeah. Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn called Making the Cut. Making the Cut. Yes. You see the designer pun there? Cut it out. Thank you, 90s sitcom. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for getting what I was going for. Um, okay, so uh, is this Project Runway? Is it just Project Runway? Uh, n- no. It is, but it isn't. All right. Because... Because they have the backing of Amazon, they are making the contestants design two dresses or two outfits each week. No, it depends. One outfit is for a basically the runway. Okay. And the other outfit is for sale. I know there's actual terms for this, but I think the chat would like to have a word on this. Okay. Okay, so basically they make like a mini design every week that Uh shows their aesthetic. So it's similar um, in some ways to Project Runway. Um, One is an accessible look where if you win that week, it is immediately on Amazon fashion. Like it's immediately put on, like created for the website. Okay. And then the other one is more of a runway look. Last week they did three. 
looks. That's why it was like your mom. Uh, no, last week they had a combo. They were paired up. But normally it's two looks. It's a little bit more like established designers who like want to make like more of a global brand. So there's like a little bit of a different flair to it. And instead of like doing all the sewing, um, they have seamstresses that do it overnight. So there's like tweaks to it kind of i don't yeah. know i like it so you're liking it because like to, to that sounds to somebody who's like used to the project runway kind of setup that sounds like it kind of takes the amateur part up out of it yeah and it definitely does because these are established people who know yeah about their brand are trying to expand their specific brand for me personally that's actually turning me off of it because like Part of the charm is like, oh, here's somebody who's starting from very little who is getting, this is their opportunity. And that's, I think, a hook on a lot of reality shows. But that doesn't seem to be the case here. Is like these Well, are and I think it's different. Things. It's different based on contestants, too. There's one guy who's like a teacher who lives in the projects with his family yeah. who, okay. like, if he wins, like, it would be life-changing. Yeah, the winner gets a million-dollar um, contract from Amazon. Which is, like, pretty life-altering. But, um, yeah, I so, mean, you still have the same flair of Tim and Heidi, yeah, which, let's yeah. be real, that makes the show. Because nobody's watching Project Runway <laughs> now. It was them that, like, pulled you in. Matt, I know you agree with this. It wasn't just them. Uh, I think, yeah, a lot of it came from from their personalities their charm yeah but there there was a certain element to the the structure of it that i don't know this doesn't sound as yeah but matt you also consider that like hell's kitchen these are established chefs who are trying to work for it with gordon ramsay they're cooks they're they're not chefs that's, okay yes that's cooks. the thing about hell's kitchen is that they're line cooks who are trying to be chefs. Master Chef is the one where like they're home cooks. They're home they're home cooks, yeah. They're home. So buddies. both you still have that element of amateurship, like like yeah. you know, where it's not necessarily I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass though, because I haven't seen it, obviously. I would um, give it a shot because it has different flares, but and it's not the same, but it's it's good in different ways. It's and, also more international as Yeah, that part's cool. They're currently or they're they went from they had everyone meet in New York and then immediately flew them all to Paris. Okay. Because Amazon to, money. And now they're yeah. going to Tokyo. Which brings up um, but it's but they're going to like the fashion capitals of the world, so it, yeah. And uh, I will say too that they like grill them, like the it's you would think they were amateurs based on like how the judging is. Mm. Like oh Naomi God, Campbell judges. like destroys is that her name? Yeah, Naomi Campbell. She like destroys okay. people. I'm like, oh, girl. A permanent judge on there? She is. Okay. They're all permanent judges. It's her. Uh, Nicole Richie, um, Alonso. Oh, oh yeah, the guy. What is his name? Uh, Alfarianzo. I think the one thing I miss the most is Michael Coors, Nina, <laughs> and Zach Posen, like the OG judges, but it well, hasn't been that for a long time. <laughs> as we all know, as we all know, you can't get Michael Coors unless you're... Unless the mountains are blue. Michael Coors. Designers. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I don't think he said make it work yet. No, he can't. That's their captain. <laughs> yeah, it's not his anymore. Vice is making the cut. <laughs> no, um, no. The last, the last thing I want to say about this is just the description that you guys gave makes it sound like there is an exhausting amount of Amazon branding in this. There thing. is. Is it just like embarrassing and it's just like over every single week they they hype up that it's Amazon and mm. the accessible looks are geared to specifically I don't Amazon. know. I don't I don't I think we've said it more than it actually is. Just <laughs> instead of you winning immunity, you your your, your design, design is immediately put on Amazon. Yeah. It's not like it's not like we, Mike said Amazon money like four times, which isn't really. <laughs> oh, you can tell it's Amazon money because <laughs> the way it looks and all these like, like separate stuff they do with something Heidi and Tim and I Heidi, do. Heidi. Well, and if you are a Heidi and Tim purist, you'll love mm. it regardless. Okay. That's my take. But from a production standpoint, it clearly has Amazon money being thrown at it. But like, who cares? It's a TV show. I do. <laughs> Game of Thrones had HBO money, and no one complained about that bullshit. Oh, we complained about the last season. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just I don't, saying. I mean, we don't have time to get into it, but there is a bit of a difference between money that HBO has and Amazon and money that Amazon has. The, to the casual observer, it's yeah. It, and Amazon has their hands in a lot of things. Well, and it's funny. like complaining that like Avengers used a lot of money. Like, I, I don't know. It's that's my take. Again, we don't really have time to get into it, so um, I won't. But but anyway, um, yeah, well, it's been fun to watch. So yeah, sounds we'll like an watching. concept, an interesting twist. Because yeah, when uh, we watched that. Uh, Project Runway equivalent that's on um, Netflix, which I don't even remember what the hell it's called. New in Fashion or something like Next that. Next in, in Fashion with Alexa Chung. Yeah. The thing uh, about that one is it was too <laughs> similar to Project Runway, except they were on teams for some reason, and it didn't work at all. So yeah, this that sounds has enough of a twist where it could be potentially fresh. That's kind of what I feel like it is. It's not like it's... It's not OG Project Runway, obviously. Like nothing will ever be, but it's yeah. it, it, there's exactly. enough difference to, you know, keep your interest. And design yeah. is so far from like what I do, <laughs> so it still blows my mind when someone can make like anything in two days. Oh yeah, no, like <laughs> one of my favorite things about watching that show was just like just the amazing things people could think of. Like, right, like, exactly. Well, I mean, um, Christy, what are your thoughts? I mean, you have some background in some, in design work. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't seen this show. It sounds boring to watch people just design, though. Like, I think what I liked about Project Runway was the technical aspect of it. And well, they people. sew and they put stuff together. I was going to say, the last, episode, the last episode, they had to make their own. So yeah, they had to make oh, a, okay. they had to make stuff within like seven hours. Yeah, the tw- there's twists, definitely. And, and also, uh, like they can send anybody home at any minute. At any minute? So if like, if they walk over to somebody and they're screwing up major, they can be like, well, okay, the person's done. literally left their station in the middle of a, of a design build. Uh, but by choice or like by they were forced? Uh, by she choice. left by choice. Okay. Yeah, she was <laughs> there's still there's still some okay. of the drama. Yeah, of like the you know, 
because that that makes it fun too. Yeah, like, right. is Heidi allowed to say Avita Zing, or is that trademarked? No. no, she says you haven't made the cut. <laughs> you got to work into that title of the show, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's all about branding. Yeah, make it work, branding. man. They Amazon could have bought that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Anyway, have fun. Um, I understand. Talk uh, about your video games. Okay. You've had a productive day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, before that, though, I understand that Christy, you watched the last episode of a television show today uh, of series finale. I did. I finished Shit's Creek. It's. Mm-hmm. I was. Oh shit. Devastated. It is the yeah. shit. You're right. So yeah, talk yes. about Shit's Creek a little bit because we, Mike and I, have not watched it. We understand it's a cult favorite. And tell us why Canada is right to give it all the awards. Yeah, they literally gave it every award. So uh, uh, you're a big fan. Why do you? What is it? What's the thing here? So it's this really great show. Um, the basics is that it's this rich family that loses a bunch of money and. Yeah the only thing that they have left is this little town that the dad bought on like a or one in like a bed or something because <laughs> that's called Shit's Creek uh-huh. and so they have to move there and live in the motel there and um and they're obviously like they shot of water uh but as you it's just like really beautiful show like it's very funny if you enjoy like the eugene levy christopher guest movies right right right. like i it has a similar tone but like um but it's different and there's a lot of really great queer representation in it um it's uh like no spoiler. Well, okay. Like, obviously, like, the son ends up getting married in the last episode. And, like, Aww. you know that. Um, and they all, like, go there. They all have the next step in their lives outside yeah. of Schitt's Creek or in, in Schitt's Creek. Um, it's just really, it was, it made me cry a lot. Um, the, the good ending overall to the series. Yeah. Like the penultimate episode and this episode, I was like, beclumped about the whole thing. <laughs> um, and then there was an after show thing after the last episode that I ugly cried through the whole thing. Um, Cause it's just really, it's like this, really pause like it's very funny and mm. like a weird kind of funny yeah. um but it also has this just like really beautiful like heart like it, yeah. it's great and everyone like, should watch it if you haven't watched it yeah my my understanding from the way people talk about it is it's kind of got that it's got that uh quality that like Mm-hmm. Um, Parks and Rec did, where it's like you really like the like these characters are like really the thing. Like it's about the how much you've like learned to love these all the members of this family. Well, I never really got into Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe that's not a great example for you, but I mean, like in general. But I would, yeah. I mean, it's fair. 
it has like arrested development like yeah. it's not as wacky as yeah, arrested almost, development I said arrested development there but i hesitated because a lot of people complain about that show is that they're not likable enough and so I want to say, like, no, but it seems like there's a positive relationship here with these characters, unlike with Arrest Development, where it's more like you're making fun, like, you're aware that they're terrible. <laughs> these people are not terrible. Yeah, I mean, they're terrible in that they're... They're terrible in certain ways, where you're just like, they're, oh, yeah. my God. But, like, overall, they're, they're great. Yeah. And um, it's... There's a lot of like really great going back to fashion. There's a lot of really great fashion in it. Yeah. Um, that's the fashion is basically like another character in the show. <laughs> um, especially all of Moira's wigs are ridiculous and the best. Um, there was like a part in the after show where they were at a gay club where like all these dudes were dressed as Moira. And I guess they were having like a Moira lookalike competition or something. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go watch Shit's Creek, everybody. It's the best show ever <laughs> outside of VOC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've been thinking about po possibly starting that from the beginning because I'm like, yeah. I, now, is I, it I, like. I have a question though. Is there like a lot of shows where like the first season is not a reflection of what it eventually became? No. I, no, I think it always had the same, it always has the same kind of vibe. I think as it goes on, you learn more about the character. Like it's always the same kind of funny, but as the seasons go on, the the characters open up a little bit more. So you like get to, obviously you get to know them right. better and their motivations outside of that. They're just like these rich people out of water kind of thing or yeah. yeah fish out of water. Yeah. Yeah. Rich out uh, of money. Yeah. Rich <laughs> out of money. Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah. And it'll make you laugh till you cry and then it'll make you like, cry till you cry sometimes and then it'll be like really sweet and then you'll be like oh cry L love to cry till i cry <laughs> something i do every day <laughs> all right uh mike did you watch anything else i didn't watch anything else anything else that's new you got any uh, disney plus uh plus correspondent news this week nope watched onward okay um I haven't found a new lunch show to watch yet. <laughs> <laughs> lunch show. Love a good lunch show. Yeah. Good lunchy. Yeah, all I've been doing is I'm in season three of The Simpsons right now. That's, that's yeah. my current status, watch, watching things. How's the lack of a 4-3 aspect ratio? <sighs> Man, don't even get me started. I mean, while I'm working, I'm watching on my phone anyway, so it doesn't really matter because I'm at that point it becomes a podcast because I'm not really watching the screen as much. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. It's just I've seen those episodes so much that it's like I can kind of not pay attention, too much attention to them. So. Right. Uh, well, the reason I'm glad you brought that up, but the reason I brought up the aspect ratio is because Disney will be having yeah. the 4-3 aspect ratio coming 
at the end of May. It said by the end of May, which is, yes. and, and the way they wrote it was weird. It's like they were implying that it would be a rollout, like it would be over a course of time, which meant that some of the stuff we might get four or three versions of before other seasons. That's weird. Yeah, which seems weird to me. Why not just do them all at once? But I don't know how their technology works. I don't know if they need like specific versions of those episodes. Well, from... I assume that they have it because the FX app had the 4.3 version. Yeah, and the DVDs have it too. So I don't mm-hmm. know why. That's the question the whole time. It's been why, what's the difficulty? What's the actual process that they need to do? But clearly there's got to be something because otherwise they would have done it. Right. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Server space? I don't know. <laughs> Server. Like, Disney needs to worry about server space of any company <laughs> beyond Amazon. Anyway, um, let's talk about something else. In fact, it's time to move on to cancellations and renewals. All right. What am I no longer watching? Well, you're still watching Shrill on Hulu as that's getting a third season. Uh, you're no longer watching Comedy Central's Lights Out with David Spade as it got canceled after one season. Sorry, David Spade. Yeah, but he is currently trying to shop it around to someone else. So who yeah, knows? I've not seen the last of David Spade. Too bad, really. Too bad. <laughs> I would like to see the last of David Spade. Aww. <laughs> I, why, I don't why don't you like David Spade? Never care for he David He prefers Spade. David Shovel. That was terrible, and I'm going to move on and not acknowledge it anymore. Uh, Deputy on Fox has been canceled after one season. I don't even remember what Deputy was. It was about a Deputy on Fox. That checks out. Uh, Fox's Duncanville, which we talked about briefly on this show, is getting a second season. So That's one more than Bless the Hearts. Did Bless the Hearts get canceled? I didn't see it get renewed. Um, now that's it for cancellations renewals we go into deaths Ugh, some rough ones this week this was a tough week for deaths um, first up Honor Blackman age 94 an actress who was in the Avengers Goldfinger uh, Jason and the Argonauts not the Avengers you're thinking of the no the old time Avengers uh, she was Pussy Galore in um, Goldfinger Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say anything about that. That just speaks for itself. Yep. She, she was hot. Uh, there you go. Jay, uh, uh, Jay Benedict, age 68, was an actor uh, star, uh, in things as such as Foil's War, Double Team, and The Dark Knight Rises. And uh, Logan Williams, age 16. Is that a typo? Nope. No. Ooh. Nope. Uh, actor in... Uh, the Flash and Wind Calls the Heart. Um, but lastly, you don't have this, Mike, but I'm adding this because this was the big one from this week. That doesn't happen today. Uh, yesterday, uh, legendary musician John Prine, age 63, or 73, uh, passed away. Uh, yeah, very famous uh, country folk musician. Definitely a huge loss. Mm. I've seen nonstop... Uh, uh, people on my Twitter and in music circles I follow um, talk about talk about his legacy. So yeah, that was a real sad one. <sighs> but yeah, now we get to move on. That the terrible segue that I have to make between deaths and music. 
Uh, let's talk about music. So, Mike, get us uh, started on Billboard charts. All right. Uh, we always start music with the Billboard, and we always start the Billboard with the Hot 100. How hot is it? Uh, so hot, it's blinding. It is blinding lights by oh. the weekend at number one. Uh-huh. Followed by the box by Roddy Rich at number two. Uh-huh. Uh, Don't start now by Dua Lipa at number three. Hell yeah! Uh, moving up to number four, Circles by Post Malone, and at five, Life Is Good by Future. But really, it's Drake. Uh, Drake put out a new single again uh, this past weekend, so we'll see if that charts. But it probably will. Apparently he's wearing a mask in the video and some people are like, this seems insensitive. And I'm like, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> like yeah, a surgical it's new mask? Drake, so you're going to listen yeah. to it. Maybe he's just trying to protect himself from the COVID. Who could say? I haven't watched the video, so I don't Who know. Knows? It might be uh, insensitive for other reasons. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we also have Billboard 200, your album's chart. Albums. At uh, number one, After Hours by The Weeknd. Second week at number one. At number two, Calm by Five Seconds of Summer. Oh, five sauce. Which, five sauce. Which is being contested, I heard. Uh-huh. As uh, it was released early from ticket sales. Yeah. So it charted at number 40. <laughs> and then the second week at number two, when really yeah. they should put them together. And you know what? Number one. This is a weird time to be complaining about, like, for all those people who are complaining about this, this is a weird time to be complaining about that. Well, when you need something to complain about, and social <laughs> media is right there in your face all the whole time. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, do you know what, if there's a name for the fans of Five Seconds of Summers? Are they like secondies or summaries or what are they? Saucy? Sauce Boss. <laughs> so, so, so. I don't know. They always have some sort of name. So I'm like, I think they're five saucers. Five saucers? That'd be good. I would totally believe you if that was, like, if you, that, I, for all I know, that could be 100% accurate. So. Close <laughs> enough. Uh, at number three, Eternal A Take by Lil Uzi Vert. Uh-huh. Number four, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Yep, Charlie. And number five, Gigaton by Pearl Jam. There you go. A whole eclectic mix of records right there. Yes, it is. Um, apparently, there are no new releases. Um, there are. Where did I put them? Oh, they're under the news for some reason. So if you go... I see the them. There, new releases. You'll see them. Yep. We have Shapeshifting by Joe Satriani. Satriani? Satriani. Uh-huh. Song for Our Daughter by Laura Marling. The Universe Inside by The Dream Syndicate. The New Abnormal by The Strokes. Yes, those The Strokes. Which I understand that they had named that record before all this happened, so pretty prescient. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) And lastly, The Loves of Your Life by Hamilton Leehauser. Uh, Hamilton Lighthouser, uh, former uh, singer from The Walkman. This is another solo record by him. Okay. Uh, let's move on to music. Are you seen any of these albums? Uh, I might check out the Strokes one. Um, I hear it's weird. Just like any Strokes album since Room on Fire. 
I was say, how's that different from all the other ones? Exactly. Yeah. No. No. I'm very. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not expecting it to be good. <laughs> I'm expecting it to be interesting. Okay. I'm gonna listen to Laura Marling's. Okay. And probably Hamilton because I like his last record. Yeah, it was. It was good. I, I listened to that one too um, when that came out. Okay. I will be passing on all these. <laughs> Not your week. It's okay. Not my week. Oh yeah, it's I screwed more up. More Dua Lipa, I guess. <laughs> I screwed up this list all sorts of ways. For some reason, my games news is also above our upcoming releases. Yes. Keep that in mind. I see that. But yes, yeah, so uh, let's talk about some music news. All right. Well, let's talk about the Recording Academy. Yes. And music cares. Music cares. <laughs> Uh, there's no double C, so it's music cares. Music cares. <laughs> Musical Muzzy, chairs. Like that little guy that uh, oh, yeah, teaches Muzzy. you languages. Muzzy cares. Forgot about Muzzy. He does care. It's true. He cares about your ability to say bonjour. Yeah. Well, um, music cares. This COVID nineteen relief fund has passed ten million dollars in donations. Yay. Uh, the fund was initiated last month with a $1 million donation from each organization. Uh, Music Cares is the Recording Academy's charitable wing mm-hmm. and has since seen generous but unspecified donations from Amazon Music, Facebook, Sirius XM Pandora, Spotify, Tidal, YouTube Music, the Latin Recording Academy, StubHub, Universal Music Group, and Warner Music Group, City National Bank, (laughs) Bill Silva Entertainment, George Harrison's Material World Foundation, and Alicia Keys, and She is the Music, Michael Jackson, Estate, and Yoke and Yoshiki Foundation America, among many others. Wow, that's a lot. That's a a who's who of money in the music industry right there. All that concentrated money. However, Acting Recording Academy President and CEO Harvey Mason Jr. I just want to say real quick that Harvey Mason Jr. is like such a CEO name. It's like embarrassing like (laughs) i was writing a script like and i needed some sort of ceo character harvey mason jr i could just picture him in like his pinstripe suit and he's like doing the thing where he's doing this on his like overalls oh not overalls but the suspenders Um, yeah he sounds more like a farm guy to me (laughs) (laughs) harvey mason jr yeah like he would be wearing overalls and have like a little straw thing in his Uh uh-huh it is well, that's Harvey Mason Sr. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the junior here. This is the kid. Anyways, what did Harvey Mason Anyways, Mr. Junior stressed that much more donation money is needed. Quote, it's inspiring to see how our creative community has come together to support and lift up our peers during this trying time. While the donations raised will significantly help many who work in the industry, much more is needed. 
We encourage those who have the means to support this charitable, charitable event uh, uh, effort so that all music people affected by this crisis can receive the financial assistance they need. Yeah. So um, beyond this help that they're getting from these big coffers, Music Cares is also doing some smaller things as well. Um, they did, uh, they're doing, I should say, um, a program called the Uncanceled Festival that I wanted to give a shout out where they're having a bunch of um, artists stream from home and you can buy in on a platform called stageit.com. I don't know if you've heard of this, Mike. No. Uh, but the, basically it's a website designed for live streaming concerts and you buy into it like you're buying a ticket for a real show. And then you can also, during the performance, tip the artist directly as well if you buy additional uh, coins. Oh, like or the, bits. Or the tips. bits and yeah, tips it's, and it's a neat thing. I did it, uh, I put in uh, $15 and I uh, did it on uh, Saturday of last weekend or Sunday, I forget which one it was. And I watched some of it through their, um, through their kind of festival setup. Yeah, it's cool. It's a really easy, uh, quick, accessible way of donating directly to your art, uh, artists that you follow. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, I re recommend checking that out, but that's put on in the background by the music cha music cares people. I guess it's not. Um, okay, interesting. Now are these concerts, um, put on by the artists themselves in like a chat room? Um, so they're streaming themselves from like their bedrooms, but the platform is being hosted by this stageit.com site. Okay. So yeah, it's a kind of a one-stop shop to kind of see a lot of artists, which is a cool idea. And um, I was happy to see them doing something like that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, Moving on, yeah. there was a name uh, kind of left off that list that we talked about. Apple Music. Yeah. It's conveniently not there. But they're doing something else. Well, yeah. I mean, they're Apple. They have to be doing their own thing, right? They can't <laughs> conform to anybody. <laughs> Always. Always. So, Apple Music has launched a $50 million advance royalty fund to help independent labels ensure that their artists are paid amid the economic devastation of this pandemic, according to reports in Rolling Stone and Music Business Worldwide. A source close to the situation confirmed the reports to Variety. Uh, according to a letter sent to the labels and cited by Rolling Stones, independent labels that earn at least $10,000 in quarterly Apple Music earnings will qualify for the royalty advances. To qualify, the indie labels are required to have a direct Apple Music distribution deal. Quote, these are difficult times for the music industry globally. Apple has a deep decades-long history with music and we are proud to be in close partnership with the best labels and artists in the world. We want to help. Yeah. Very corporate. So this is, I'm of two minds about this because like on its face, this is really cool because yeah. the artists that are represented by these independent labels who do have this um, arrangement with Apple that pre-exists, uh, that's awesome that they're getting their royalties ahead of time because 
that's going to uh, fund them for a while while they don't have the ability to actively tour, while they don't have the, as much ability to sell merch in person. It will help a lot of artists. The but question this is I have, also an advance. So. Yeah. But the question I have is, what are these independent labels that are making more than 10 grand every quarter? Because that sounds to me like those would be bigger names and probably not the names that are probably the ones who actually could benefit mostly like the great benefit the greatest from something like this. Like what about the small, small, small labels? Well, 10 grand every quarter is still 40,000 in Apple music earnings yeah which is year. not it's not nothing but it's also not like exorbitant i understand that it's like probably not even close to what the majors do but still it's like i kind of wish part of me wishes that this this bar was maybe a little lower so that way some of the smaller names could also get help but I mean, yeah i could see that but, but also like yeah but it's still good that it's apple still good about the independent labels and that they're not just getting ignored in this big, you know, uh, party that Music Cares over here is having with all these major, major contributors like Facebook. So it's neat that they're doing it. Right, but also realize that the Music Cares put in 10 million in donations. Yeah. Music Apple has 50 million. Yeah. Throw around. That's a pretty big number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's quite a bit discrepancy there. Yeah, yeah, but interesting nonetheless. Well, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that, you know, <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. It's okay. <laughs> Fifty million to ten million. Just saying. <laughs> Something. Anyways. Anyways, uh, did you listen to anything? This week, no. I think I looked at the new releases and I was like, eh, nothing, nothing really tickles the fancy. So I got nothing this week. Uh, same. I had looked at the new releases and I was very closely uh, about to listen to the new Sam Hunt album. Okay. I mean, because it was only like 30 minutes, but didn't. <laughs> But you didn't even have that 30 minutes. You couldn't even spare 30 measly minutes for Sam Hunt. <laughs> Not this time around. <laughs> um, so nothing beyond the Trolls uh, World Tour soundtrack? Nope. Got it. Do you have uh, those covers. remember any of the songs on the Trolls World Tour soundtrack at this point in the podcast? Uh, Barracuda was one of them. Oh, okay. Oh, Barracuda. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Are there going to be barracudas in the movie, you think? Could you visualize any actual barracuda? No. I mean, maybe like lava barracudas. Eels. But like, you know, barracuda, crazy train, rocky <laughs> like a hurricane, rock, rock songs, the classic ones. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on. Yeah, uh, let's move on to I feel video like the games. energy of this podcast got shot somewhere in the middle of this podcast. Nobody asked me what I listened to. Oh, I'm sorry. Chrissy, what did you listen to? 
Uh, I listened to the new Empress of. Oh, how was that? It was good. Yay. Two thumbs up. And also, I I listened to Dua Lipa. Oh yeah. So, uh, uh, what did you think about that one? It was wonderful. It was like. It was like 2001, 2002 Kylie Minogue ass vibes, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, no. I've seen that comparison made a couple of other times as well. Yeah, I can well, see that I made Dua it Lipa first. album. <laughs> I can see that Dua Lipa album staying on the top five for a while. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good soundtrack for people who are going out of their minds not being able to go outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't wait to go to the club, the club and dance to it yeah like that so get those heels out yep. start start bumping to it bump, yeah. Bump, 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 bump. yeah exactly anyway okay now we can move on um video games they they exist yes and we have two new releases this week yeah one big one one small one yep uh first one someday you'll return on the PC. I will. Someday, I will. That's what I keep telling the outside world. <laughs> yep. And the... Big one this week. Big one this week that you have to apparently download this week. Because <laughs> apparently retail copies are hard to get. Yes. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 for the PlayStation. I know yep. it's not on here. I know it's not official. But this is part one of the Final Fantasy remake. As when it was announced, they would be doing this in chapters. I am shocked that this thing is getting as uh, positive of a reception as it is. People love this remake. How are you shocked? Have you seen the footage? I think part of me is, um, well, I don't have any personal, like, Affinity for Final Fantasy VII as a Nintendo 64 owner. I did or not. Final Fantasy in general. Yeah, well, no, actually, that's not necessarily true. I had the Game Boy Advance version of Final Fantasy VI um, that I played a lot of, and I really enjoyed. Uh, if, like, of all the Final Fantasies, that's the one for me. Um, but the PlayStation era, I completely missed out on. Like, I mean, PlayStation 1. I came back uh, by the time uh, 10 came out on the PS2. So yeah, seven, eight, nine missed completely the boat because I was a Nintendo kid growing up. And so, you're shocked that seven is getting good hype because uh, because uh, of how long it's been since they originally announced it, how many times this has been delayed, um, just the very concept of remaking a game from 1997, uh, completely rebuilding its. Uh, battle system, completely uh, adding new story elements, redoing all the visuals and cutscenes. just seemed like it was such a crazy business for them to get into in the first place that I expected it to be disappointing. I, for whatever reason, I just expected people to be disappointed by this thing and to have day one reviews talk about how great it is and for GameSpot to give it a 10 out of 10. I was just like, Blown away with the reaction. You expected to have the same reaction that Medieval got when the remake was announced, right? Yeah, no one cared about the Medieval remake. In fact, the fact that you even know what Medieval is is surprising to me. (laughs) Is that the kind of level you expected? Yeah, like I just, I mean... Okay, but you forgot, this is Square Enix and Tetsunomura coming back to it. Yeah, I guess. To build it from the ground up. 
completely know, how do you feel about this? You're a, you're a Final Fantasy person more than I am. Um, well, we'll get into my thoughts in it um, in thoughts. Oh, you're are, are you going to play it? Have you played it? Uh, I played the demo of it. Okay. So we'll get to that in thoughts. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about some news first. Uh, it is a PlayStation filled news. Yeah. Uh, last week was two Nintendo stories. This week, it was all Sony. Yep. Well, The Last of Us Two, Sony's Part big two. release, um, is going to be delayed again. Yeah. Maybe indefinitely. Who knows? Well, indefinitely because they don't know exactly when this is going to end. This um, they're in market it. <laughs> yep. Well, this is actually the third time the game has been delayed, and PlayStation confirmed the news on Twitter. Uh, that Sony Interactive Entertainment has made the difficult decision to delay the launch of The Last of Us Part Two and Marvel's Iron Man VR until further notice. Logistically, the global crisis is preventing them from providing the launch experience that players deserve. <laughs> they followed that up. Do a lot of that 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 uh, sentence if you wanted to, but what do you mean? It it kind of reminds me of um, what we were talking about with Lady Gaga's album, kind of the same kind of kind of talk where it's like, yeah, we could do it now, but it just wouldn't be the same for the play for the players. We're doing it for the players out there. We want to make sure that it's the perfect launch situation. Like, what does that mean? The players want to play the game now. Like, we don't care about. A it big means everybody game. is up on Animal Crossing. <laughs> You're too but they're waiting for that to animal. die down. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way anyway. But continue. Uh, the Sony followed up by said that the company said no other games have been delayed at this time. <laughs> and even Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog addressed the delay in a separate statement <laughs> that it maintains that it's nearly done with development and it's now just fixing final bugs. I should say real quick that Naughty Dog is the name of the developer of The Last of Us. Yeah. It's Christie's face. Huh? <laughs> oh, Christie's. Their name's Naughty Dog. Yes. Why? They just are. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways. Uh, I never considered until just now the name Naughty Dog. I never actually thought about what that actually was. About what it referenced? Yeah, like, it's such a, it is a weird combination of two words when you think about it. Well, it's just like bad dog. It's just different take it's on naughty that. dog. It's naughty dog. <laughs> <laughs> I am big on naughty dog. All right. Mm -hmm. I love their stuff. <laughs> Anyway, my, my gamer tag is a riff on their name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm fine with delays at this point. Yeah. Basically, everything media wise has been delayed. So this is just nothing too, too surprising. Uh, the fact that Final Fantasy VII is still going ahead with its launch means <laughs> that it went gold way before this. Yeah. And yeah, let Naughty Dog um, basically take their time. Don't care. They already delayed it, so it's like, hey, why, why not us? 
Let that naughty dog sit and think about what he's done. <laughs> what I say. Uh, let, let that naughty dog work on his work on himself. You know what they they always say: let naughty dogs lie. Ooh. <laughs> anyway. No, if it wasn't true naughty dog, it already lies. <laughs> Let's talk about the more exciting story this week, which yeah. was uh, out of nowhere yesterday. Tell us about the Dual Sense. Yes, so PlayStation revealed the PS5 controller to the world. Yeah. And it's officially called Dual Sense. So it's not a Dual Shock, it's a Dual Sense. Yes. Okay. No one is shocked anymore about this. Tell me about it. Uh, Sony revealed the new PS5 controller design in a post to the PlayStation blog, sharing the first images of the design as well as the first official word on what the new features will include. Well, as you might have guessed uh, from the name, it, this time the big focus is on your sense, uh, specifically the sense of touch. The DualSense controller builds in, builds in refined haptic feedback to capture a broader range of motions, such as slow grittiness of driving car, driving a car through the mud. Driving car. Uh-huh. Driving cars through the mud. Uh, it also includes adaptive trigger buttons that can dynamically change their tension for different activities, mm. such as drawing back a bowstring. You can also use a built-in microphone to talk with friends without needing a headset. Yeah. In uh, addition, this will include a USB-C support yeah. uh, for its cabling, which means a bigger battery. Yeah, um, a couple of takeaways I have from this thing. I think having this uh, microphone directly into the controller is brilliant. I am shocked it took this long for somebody to do that uh, because, yeah, you can just kind of, if you're streaming, you don't need to wear a headset anymore. It's great. Like, you can just talk and your controller will pick it up. Well, uh, I think that's mainly because they needed the actual, like, battery to run uh, not just the microphone, but the speaker as well yeah. and the Bluetooth back into the, the yeah. console. Uh, the other thing is, is so, so those, um, the triggers, uh, they sound like they're going to be very similar to what Microsoft said will be on the Series X controller. Uh, someone put a screenshot of both the Xbox Series X controller and the PlayStation controller next to each other, and they do look very similar. They look similar, yeah. Uh, the parity is going to be very close this generation. Um, I think both the designs look pretty similar to each other. How do you feel about the design? Do you like it? Or do you think it's too much of a departure from the DualShock? I'm going to wait until the official controller comes out because we saw what the PS3 controller looked like with the boomerang look before oh. everyone freaked out. Yeah, but I feel like that's a bad example because they learned their lesson from that. And <laughs> with the... Um, with the DualShock 4, that was what we got. So um, I don't. I have a feeling that this is what we get. I, mean, I think we're I close think so. enough to the release of this thing uh, that that's the final design. That's my yeah. My I thought. mean, it it says that it's supposed to be lighter, so that way it can have more uh, feedback to it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what. It, like how it feels. Like this I mean, just feels like an cool. Xbox controller. That was always the cool thing about the PlayStation 3, uh, the DualShock 3, is, is that they felt really light in your hands. Mm-hmm. So it would be cool to return to something like that. 
Well, it needed to be light because it had the six axis, so you had to tilt the controller in the middle of space. You're like, oh, is this right? I mean, that technology is in the DualShock 4, too. Yeah, I know. And then probably in this one as well. Yeah, but I, I, I overall, I like it. I think it kind of looks like an alien, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to stay white or if they're going to go with black or other colors. Yeah, um, it's weird because, like, um, in the article that I read about it originally, not the one that I used for the story, but on the day that this news came out, mm -hmm. they said something, Sony said something weird about, or it was actually on their blog post about it. Um, Sony said something weird about colors. And they were like, oh, like the sentence started with like, oh, we know that people enjoy lots of different colors on their controller. But then the rest of the sentence was just talking about, this is dual-toned for the first time. And I'm like, no, you were talking about colors. Now you're just talking about how this thing is white and then also black. No, I think it means like the colors in the sensor bar. It did also mention that. that because those color, that color currently on the PS4 is just one color. Yeah. And now it's like there's two little slots of light on, uh, on, either, on each side. Yeah. Which is smart. Also, touchpad coming back, which mm -hmm. I didn't anticipate happening. I thought they were going to kill that thing off for sure. Well, they killed the share button and changed it to the create button. They didn't kill the share button. Yeah, they're just making it something new. A lot of people today have been making the joke that um, little three lines that they're using to indicate mm -hmm. the create button look like um, the lines that come out of the goose from Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. When it's, uh, when it's um, honking. When it's honking. The people are like, wow, they made a honk button. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I like it. Um, I'll be interested to get a whole, uh, get my hands on it at some point. I mean, this holiday season, right? That's when the next generation rolls through? Yeah, perhaps, maybe, if uh, everything happens when it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. We'll see. All right. Uh, video games, have you been playing them? Yes. Um, streaming baseball, as you know. Yeah, I watched uh, 10 minutes before I went to bed last yeah. night. Of your that happened. Um, Nineteeners in the majors. <laughs> But yeah, streaming baseball. Uh, I finished God of War this week. Okay. Uh, such a great game. Again, you've already finished it before. Yes, I know I did, but I just went through it again. Um, because it had Thor and Loki in it, and we got to that part. <laughs> and my world was changed forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, the PlayStation is still, like, Running like a single blade fan while that thing's on. <laughs> thing's loud. It is loud when God of War is running. Yeah. But I also played a Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII remake demo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Uh, and the battle system. Ah. Uh, is it Kingdom Heartsy? It's Kingdom Heartsy, but it's also Final Fantasy okay. tactic-wise because you need to switch between characters, and it's not just, okay, I could just be Cloud, just bash, 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 bash. Is it no. similar at all to 15? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I, I see the elements they took from 15 in it, um, but even in 15, like, I was just Noctis the entire time. Uh-huh. 
and even though like I had the option to switch, I rarely did it, and <laughs> like unless it like forced me to. But with this, with Final Fantasy VII, like you need to switch in order to perform other moves. Yeah. And move, and I'd say the demo did its job because I, like, before I played it, I, I had no real interest in buying Final Fantasy VII, at least right now, because I know that it's going to be in chapters, so it's going to end somewhere after, like, the original first act before going into, like, the other stuff. Yeah. Um, in Final Fantasy VII, and I was like, ah, maybe I'll just wait for it all to come out. And then I played it, and I'm like, man, this is such a good game. From what I, I understand, is want to play this. Know that this game is the first part. That being said, it's still like 30 to 50 hours, so I think you should just get it. It's like 35 hours-ish. Yeah. Let's just get it. Yeah, but see, what I'm going to do is I'm just not going to get it. Wait when the PS5 comes out, <laughs> and then when they'll put them both bundled together, I'll get it then. Let me tell you, you're never going to have this much free time. <laughs> I don't really have that much free time right now. You strike when the iron is hot. Matt, if I have free that much free time, I'm going to get Death Stranding at the 70% discount it's at right yeah. now. No, play a good game. <laughs> Death Stranding is not a good game? <laughs> Giving you the diagonal eye again. I see it. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, whatever you do, um, I'll respect your decision. <laughs> uh, anything else? Anything else? Um, no, I just really liked the way the demo worked. I loved all the visuals in it. Mm -hmm. uh, combat is different, but different enough to where it was <laughs> tactical different. Uh -huh. I... <laughs> Hold on. I what? think we have an Animal Crossing revelation. Oh. Uh, which is good because that was a perfect segue into Animal Crossing update. Yes, you guys have been playing Animal Crossing. Christy and I have. So Christy, what just happened? Because you had an, a, a face of awe. Okay, remember when you visited my house the other day and you kept jumping? Yeah. And you were like, what the hell? Yeah, how do you do that? Yeah. So my, my little girl was just jumping too. And it was because she was turning the the glowy bunny day garland on and off. Oh, so if something's above, like if you have like a lantern on top of like a dresser or something? Yeah, I guess so. Look. Watch. You have to jump to get it? Okay. She's yeah. showing me for those audio. Yeah, it's jumping. Okay. So yeah, you mm -hmm. kind of do a little jump to get something, turn something on that's hung, hanging on a wall. Very cool. Okay. Now we know. So overall... I uh, how's your Animal Crossing experience? This is week three, I believe. I believe it's week three. Two? Yeah. Three? So. It's, it's nice. Um, yeah. The Able sisters moved in yesterday to uh -huh. both of our islands. Yep. Um, they have really cute clothes. I've been buying a lot of clothes. Like, screw Tom Nook and his loans. Like, I mean, I may need to actually pay off my loan so I have more space in my closet. Mm -hmm. <sighs> it's just <laughs> like, it's just like real life where you're like, should I pay <laughs> for real expenses or buy more cute clothes? That's always the decision. 
constant uh, dichotomy of life. <laughs> yeah, um, but I got some albums that I put on my wall that I found online of yeah. some Ariana Grande albums. Yeah, like designs that you can put up, yeah. Some Jeff Rosenstock albums. I made my bed Chris Farron's most recent album, <laughs> The Blanket. Um, that's cool. You got a shirtless Chris Farron all over your bed. Yeah, you jealous? <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I get it. Sh- shirtless? I mean, no, no. I mean, besides the artist interpretation on the front of his record, but. <laughs> Is that not the artist himself? I don't think he drew that. I don't know. He, he did, did draw that. He did yeah. that. Okay, he drew, drew all that. All right. Sam corrected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bunny Day is still going yes. strong, finding Bunny eggs day. everywhere. It's annoying. But that ends this weekend. It coincides yeah. with Easter. Easter. American Easter, as American I like Easter. to call it. Non Orthodox Easter. <laughs> Protestant Easter. <laughs> Catholic Easter. It's Easter. When I was a kid, we had Greek Easter and American Easter. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> American Easter would be a good band. <laughs> Wait, in Greek Easter, do you hide the olives instead of the eggs? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. No, we break the eggs. Oh, yeah, you like break the eggs. Like you have an egg and your friend has an egg and you break them. And you like, do the hokey pokey and turn the circle around. And whoever's breaks is out, and then you keep knocking eggs. Until... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I did not need to know that that was part of your childhood growing up, just knocking eggs with people. <laughs> yeah. right, are you just trying to find, like, the Hulk of eggs by destroying other yeah, eggs? Yeah, basically. And so the person the that Highlander has... with eggs. Yeah, there can only be one. <laughs> Highlander of eggs. Um, so... The person that doesn't have a broken egg at the end of it is like the winner. King of Um, Greek Easter. Yeah, king of the eggs. Um, (laughs) And then you don't, you're not allowed to eat that egg. So it just like. Wait, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Are these egg eggs? Like are yolks flying everywhere? (laughs) No, they're hard boiled. Oh, well, you didn't tell us that. That's what people do at Easter. Like, what? Hard boiled eggs. Wait, so, if, you're, if you haven't had the champion egg, does that make you the king of Easter Island? <laughs> yes. No, see, you're my the king of you le- egghead. No, you're the king of a Greek island, um, probably Lesbos. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Wink, wink. Um, I mean, you can make the joke there. <laughs> no, um, no, I didn't have any real eggs in my Easter festivities. We always had plastic eggs. And, oh, you were um, so sheltered. You would put candies in the plastic eggs. And we you didn't eat. dye eggs when you were a kid? I did. Hard-boiled eggs, dye them, hide them, color them, no, draw no. on them. It, the plastic eggs, exclusively. Do you at least put, like, stickers on the plastic eggs? No, no. The things inside the eggs were the thing. You never decorated eggs as a kid? I have, I have memories of dying eggs maybe a couple times, but most of the time it was... That's how you get egg sandwiches. 
Plastic, plastic eggs were a thing. Yeah, I mean, we had plastic eggs, eggs, too. But yeah, you have to, you hard boil the eggs and then you dye them. Uh, yeah, we may have done that a couple times, but not that many. Wow, I thought you had a privileged childhood, but now I'm seeing <laughs> otherwise. I mean, plastic eggs that get reused year after year is kind of privileged. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they might have been reused. I don't know what the status of those eggs were every year. I that was not my purvey as a ten year old. You didn't ask a ten year old. What is that? Late or early? I don't know how I'm supposed to react. It's <laughs> late. You're still searching for eggs at age ten. Damn. Still for eggs for, well, this is good. This is going in a different direction now, but uh, <laughs> this is a whole tangent. Like, yeah, we're, we're doing the tangents. Otherwise, we can end it. Uh, <laughs> shush. Um, there, yeah, uh, we used to have Easter egg hunts at my grandparents' house, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, that was no longer possible by the time I was like 11 or 12. So, yeah, I think that's around the time we stopped. Fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, Animal Crossing um, is still good. <laughs> and Easter yeah. on Sunday, but to get to Sunday, we got to end the podcast. That's true. Thank you, uh, everybody, for joining us uh, for this edition of the Media Boat Podcast. If you want to listen to more, uh, we have archives on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. Just search Media Boat Podcast. Um, that or any other RSS feed driven podcast serve to search and you'll find our uh, new episodes as well as archives of our older episodes from our 200 plus show run as well as side episodes um, including uh, the beginning the first half if you will of our March Madness uh, television uh, of the 2010s uh, special uh, uh, series that we were doing before the quarantine started we will pick that up sometime in the future, but until then, you can catch the first uh, few episodes of that um, on our archive. You can also, <laughs> I'm really sure what I'm looking at here, uh, you can also uh, see us next time we're live, which is once we survive uh, uh, after all this is over, on YouTube.com. Uh, Just search Media Vote Podcast and you'll find our page. Like, subscribe, and you'll be ready for when we go live once again. You can also find us on social media channels such as Twitter, where our handle is at MediaBoatCast. You can find us on Facebook, where we have a page somewhere in there, uh, MediaBoat Podcast. Just search that and you'll find us. Um, You can find us playing video games like baseball over at twitch.tv slash MediaBoat. And last but definitely not least, keep an eye on our Patreon uh, page as we will soon be revitalizing it once this quarantine is over and you'll be able to once again donate as little as a dollar of a, a month can help us uh, with um, uh, hosting this podcast. So please consider donating over there. And until next time, this has been another uh, marooned edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you special guest Christy and occasional guest Kristen for participating this week. Yep, we will be back next week with more thoughts and news and lots of other stuff. All the above, so tune in next week. We'll see ya. Bye. All right, bye.